Abolition. 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 The question, the problem that I have when I actually read this is I think this might be one of the most dangerous bills we've seen this session simply because felony convictions are the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony is with fel, a misdemeanor is without hard labor. A felony conviction is with or without hard labor. I'm afraid this might open the door to a legal challenge of every felony conviction in the state of Louisiana. And that's just not a can of worms that I'm wanting to well, open right now. I, I, well, I've actually run this by some criminal justice people and uh, uh, some staff members, and they actually agree that, that it may not be a slam dunk argument, but it would certainly open the door to bringing challenges uh, to, well, to literally every felony conviction in the state of Louisiana. And I, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't necessarily think this is a can of worms that we need to be opening right now. My fellow Europeans, a most amazing opportunity has presented itself. It has come by way of the technologies of the, the shipping industry, the, the ability to trade goods from all over the world. If that sounds like an opportunity you'd like to take advantage of, well, here are the details. Let's discover us a new world. Get on a ship and set sail. Bring back things we can sell all aboard to the new world. Where the lands are free, plant your sugar cane and your coffee. Wake up to the new world. The European appetite, where the choices satisfy or die. More price in the new world. Move heaven and earth. But wait a minute, who gon' do the work in the new world? Great question. The answer came by way of middle passage. The main trade route for enslaved Africans. These days commonly known as human trafficking. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. The transatlantic slave trade went this way. Caribbean, South and North America, but not as even as that made relay. 12.5 million kidnapped, spread over the West, lean back, cause that's a big map. 10.7 survived the trip, but it was tough still. Over 40% of the people sold in Brazil alone. How many made it here where you and I call a home? Well, the estimate is 450,000 strong. Have you heard the story of the slave ship song? It's an awful tale of an insurance scam gone wrong. Yes, policies could be taken on slaves during travel. It appears it's lots of risk packing people like cattle. The ship made a wrong turn that made it trip longer. Supplies ran low when the owners was on the owners. Decisions had to be made about what they could afford to do. So in three days, they murdered 142. They tried to file a claim for their riches. It came face to face to a fight with abolitionists. This was not uncommon, but unfortunate from African shores to a short bet that will happen to your brother. You're next in the new world. Get on a ship and set sail. Bring back things we can sell all aboard to the new world. Plant your sugar cane and your coffee Wake up to the new world The European appetite For the choices satisfy or die More price in the new world Move heaven and earth But wait a minute, who gon' do the work in the new world? Back in Africa, a few had some answers Go to war and sell off your enemy if he's captured A market overseas meant the market on land The Bristol ship captain gave goods in advance African traders might leave relatives as hostages Not returning with slaves will make slaves of hostages Like all resources used up from occupation And luxury becomes some type of standard obligation The outcome of the world for robbing the African nation Is it ended up itself in massive depopulation From chiefs and traders raiding small towns to meet needs Now it's only old men and women sending to the sea Imagine traveling 5,000 miles on the sea Shackled on your back, barely enough air for you to breathe Chained to a dead man while you lay in his feet Wondering what life will be if you survive just to make it to the new world Get on a ship and set sail Bring back things we can sell all aboard 
the new world Where the lands are free, plant your sugar cane and your coffee Wake up to the new world The European appetite for the choices satisfy a die More price in the new world Move heaven and earth But wait a minute, who gon' do the work in the new world? You just heard chapter three. Uh, I'm sorry, you just heard the Louisiana Republican representatives arguing pro-slavery, followed by the Atlantic slavery trade, slave trade by Dr. Kevin K.O. Cates and Mark S.X. Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archived podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org, and Abolition Today is also available on all major podcast platforms, and a simulcast on the Black Talk Radio Network. My name is Yusuf Hassan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Max Parthas. Max, what's going on, brother? Peace. What's happening, fam? Welcome back. I'm here at uh, the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center, a.k.a. Revolution Central. <laughs> Streaming yeah, man. I'm hyped. Seems like we haven't been in the, you know, on the air together in ages, and it's only been two weeks, but it just seems like it's been a very long time. Welcome to the new world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Max, I see we have all kinds of updates on the abolition efforts nationwide. Uh, we're also going to be dropping some dimes on all the races AF, because we're PG-13, so I'm not going to say it, but races AF, Republican, Legislators have shown no shame in either voting to keep slavery constitutional legal or killing anti-slavery bills by cunningly refusing to schedule them for committee hearings. We'll also talk about the recent ruthless Supreme Court ruling that threw away over 1,500 lives like they didn't even matter. And finally, we want you to know all about the murder and ensuing cover-up of Ronald Green. What was done to him by police and politicians is worthy of a revolution all by itself. These are the crimes against humanity, and you need to know about it. And, of course, we've got powerful, profound music, spoken word, and a bombshell of audio clips to share. As always, we'll honor our forebears and bring the voices of the ancestors back to life without bridging the gap segment. So before we jump into it, Max, uh, tell us about your week. Well, two weeks. let me say first to our audience, make sure you click share on this because uh, we want everybody to hear these names and what happened. But the past two weeks has been, uh, it's been a lot going on, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, from the ASNN to the PCAC uh, and everywhere in between nationally and locally. Uh, first of all, we started our mural here at the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center last Sunday. Uh, and mm. while we were doing that, we played a re- pre-recorded uh, show 
which kind of showed people, brought them up to date where we're at with the ASMN and the abolitionist movement. So while that was going on, we were over here starting a mural. Uh, he's done about three days' worth of work, and it's already looking really good with a, a beautiful background of purple mountains majesty. It's, it's pretty awesome. So yeah. there's some pictures available of that. And then, of course, we had the Abolish Navy National Network's quarterly meeting. And each of these quarterlies are always just so inspiring and powerful because, you know, you've got these voices from all over the country who and, and nationally and internationally represented uh, who are all working on the same goal to uh, provide constitutional protection against slavery for the citizens of the United States because we don't have it right now. And that was amazing to see uh, so many come in and speak their piece about what's happening in their state and uh, learning from each other, especially after what happened in Louisiana. Uh, then I went to uh, – Tribal and I went to Atlanta, Georgia, for Malcolm X Day. And uh, we was invited there by Brother P. Ford, Palmetto Star, the Ratchet Revolutionary, <laughs> you know, to mm-hmm. come down and do That's some right. poetry and speak with the community, which is what we did. And then he surprised both Tribal and I <laughs> with uh, giving us an award in the spirit of Malcolm X uh, from MX Media. Uh, so both Tribal and I received the In the Spirit of Malcolm X Award uh, on Malcolm X Day, which was pretty awesome, man, uh, for sure. Thank you, fam, for that recognition. We've had some issues with states and state operations. We've lost like three or four of them so far. Uh, actually, it's four so far. You know, we were saying that there's 12 states that are ready to do their legislation. Well, that number's down to eight now, and it's because of the uh, opposition that is we're facing now. You know, we came in under the radar and got some things done, right? We're not under the right. radar now. There's Department of Justices all across America that are talking about this and examining what's going to happen if we ha- if we should if we are successful with ending slavery. What's going to happen? And you heard in the opening clip, one of the uh, representatives in Louisiana speaking at the hearing for HB 196, uh, saying that this is the most dangerous bill they've ever seen, and that if allowed to pass, it would destroy the justice system as we know it. And they'll have to go and check out every single felony charge across the entire state, basically saying to us, you know, our convenience or the court's convenience is a lot more important than your freedom. So th- you heard right. that in the opening clip, right? So we lost Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas stopped it simply by not allowing the bill to get a committee hearing. So HB 51 in Texas uh, lost their bill. We got to put it back in in two years, in 2023. Uh, but they found a trick. All you got to do is get yourself a chairman of the committee who is a Republican and tell them we don't want you to even schedule the bill to be heard. And that kills the bill. You never even get a chance as a citizen to vote whether you want slavery or not. So one single guy in a chair is the one to determine mm-hmm. whether or not you get to, to do that. So that's what they did in Texas, Minnesota, and in Florida. And in Louisiana, they, I guess they figured they might want to try to make an example and show themselves to be tough in the prison capital of the whole freaking world. <laughs> and right. got up there and used every logical fallacy in the book. Uh, they begged the question over and over again. Has anybody talked to the prison industry about this? Did anybody talk to the prison? We want to hear the prison's opinion on this. What do they think about this? And I'm sitting there listening to this, uh, you know, hearing and going, oh, my God, these guys are like 
Did anybody ask Master if we we, we, we want to end slavery? Let, let Master talk about whether we want to end slavery. Right. That's how it's <laughs> like, What do they think me. they're going to say? Like, what do you, yeah, exactly. You know, you're talking about a place where black men are still picking cotton in the field for nothing right now. In a place that's named after the slaves or the enslaved people from Africa, Angola, freaking right. prison. You know? Uh, at gunpoint. At gunpoint, making them work at gunpoint in COVID conditions, right? So, yeah, you heard that. Um, and there's been some critique. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'll be hosting an event for Decarcerate Louisiana. Um, look on my page, and I'll, I'll share it around. Uh, but they're going to talk about exactly what happened and, and what's the next direction now for the abolitionist movement in Louisiana. Uh, so that, that'll that be happening tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but some people feel like, and I can't say I don't completely agree with them, they feel like at one point Representative Jordan gave away the only protection that we had. So we knew we had opposition, right? And we got nine white mm-hmm. Republicans on this committee, right? And he right. was very confident coming in and saying, oh, who's going to vote against slavery, right? But we wasn't feeling that because we knew what we were dealing with. It's a red state. So when in the early parts of the testimonies, one of the representatives, I think it was Seaball, asked yeah, Representative Seaball. Jordan, yeah, do you, you're not trying to say that if we vote uh, against this bill that we're voting, voting for slavery, are you? I mean, you don't, that's not what you mean, right? That we're voting for slavery. Now, any one of us would have said, well, yeah, that's exactly what we mean. That if you vote no on this bill, you are voting for slavery. What does it say in that constitution, slavery? Well, that's what you're voting for, slavery. Um, instead, <laughs> Representative Jordan was like, no, no, that's not what I, I mean. I, I'm not trying to imply that. And, you know, I think you guys are good people. I don't think you intend that. But other people might feel that way. And he gave up the only thing that we had because they had already decided before coming in the door they were all going to say no. We saw that as the result, right? Uh, but what right. would have given them pause if we would have said to them right in their faces, if you vote no, you are voting to keep slavery legal in Louisiana, period, point blank. But that didn't happen. So I think that was something that uh, we need to work on in the future. And then uh, one other, couple other things going on is we've been working on a documentary for the national organization, the a, uh, ASNA. And it seems like we've got a couple of star directors already interested in in making it happen. We've been having some conversations. We're getting our treatment done. And hopefully we'll be able to put something out from the ASNN in a documentary but just prior to the elections in November when we need, we need that information most to help educate and inspire people. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not going to say who the directors yeah, are because I don't want to put it out there yet, but y'all all know them. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. No one will have exactly. to go Google these names. Exactly. Um, a couple of days ago, Travel and I went to visit a friend of ours and a former guest here on Abolition Today, Brother John Sims. Um, and, you know, John Sims is the one that does the recoloration art where he takes Confederate flags and recolors them in various ways, red, black, and green, uh, and on like that. So he's got an art display in downtown Columbia right here in South Carolina. So we went down to visit him, and he's like, Max, you know what happened to me this morning, like 2 o'clock in the morning, man? He said, the police came looking up into the building, and he's staying at uh, he's staying at the actual venue where they have the art display at, right? It's a set up for all these artists. 
They come from out of town to put their stuff up for a few weeks. So he said, the cops came up uh, with flashlights. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. So I went to look out my door, and all of a sudden, they said, uh, identify yourself. Put your hands up. Step out. Put your He's in his underwear, right? <laughs> he says, then these two cops come in, uh, force him into handcuffs, throw him down on his bed, and then start uh, basically, uh, you know, interrogating him as if he's some kind of criminal. He's staying there on the uh, art facility's dime for as a, a special artist. All five Confederate flags hanging from a noose. So all the five main flags are hanging from Hangman's nooses, um, a, a gallows right there at the art facility. Mm. And that's pissing people off, you know what I mean? So he thought it right. was the KKK who tend to be police in South Carolina showing up to kill mm-hmm. him in the middle of the night. So they handcuffed him and put him on, on the bed, interrogated him. It took like 10 minutes or so before they finally uh, took the handcuffs off. He, they wouldn't let him take pictures. They wouldn't let him take video. They wouldn't let him make a phone call. And then they left as if nothing happened. But, you know, the next day, there was hell to pay. <laughs> like, literally, it was hell to pay. Uh, ended up with the police chief having to apologize, uh, the mayor having to apologize, and at least four or five different uh, newspapers picked up the story and shared it nationally, including the Griot. Um, so, yeah, that happened to my man, John Sims, a former guest right here. Wow. Abolition Today. Yeah, and I was absolutely. Like, welcome to our... South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, welcome to South Carolina. Our guest from uh, season one, episode 36. I encourage everyone to tune into that one, The Mathematics of Oppression. It was a right, great episode. Right. But I got to tell you, John, you've been telling this story, man. They got them all over the papers. You ain't mentioned nothing about the 13th Amendment. I'm coming to get you, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting on him all the time because he writes for all these major newspapers, CNN and New Yorker, blah, blah, blah. And he, he don't never say nothing about the 13th Amendment, so I'm going to keep bugging him until he do. You know? I don't care what you're talking about. You can be talking about a, a cooking show about how to bake a cake, and I'm going to tell you, yo, you need to mention the 13th Amendment. I don't care if it's between right. breaking eggs or what, but you need to, if you got a form and you got a platform, please put it out there. Don't matter what you're doing. So yeah, that happened. And then there's one more thing that's coming up. Uh, well, one one of the things coming up is that in Louisiana they're going to have a march on Tuesday on the anniversary of George Floyd's death for Ronald Green. And Ronald Green is a story we're going to make sure you understand here today because it's it's so much bigger than what you might think, and it implicates right. so many different branches of policing and government in a complete cover up to murder and let the murderers get away. And then there's some side paths that are like, what the hell? Uh, For instance, uh, one of the police involved in that brutal murder uh, and lynching of Ronald Green uh, was fired, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Right. I don't think he was even fired for the Ronald Green incident. He was fired for another incident involving a black man. And on the same day that he was fired, he got into a fatal car accident only hours later. And this was one day after he uh, sent a recorded message admitting to what they had done. just seemed too freaking convenient for him to suddenly die, right? (laughs) So that's the type of thing that's going on with this. And the video has been known about for two years. It took him two years to let this video out, right? And it's been circulating around the city council, the chiefs of police. It went all the way up to the Department of Justice who had to sign off on it. So they all saw this video, 
of this man being brutally murdered. And the cover story, the original cover story from these cops, the state uh, state troopers, Ronald Green was in a fatal car accident where he was being chased by police and he ran his car into something and it crashed so hard that it killed him. And they tried to save his life and they couldn't save his life and he ended up dying. And then uh, that was the official story for a minute until the coroner found uh, a couple of those uh, prongs from the tasers in Ronald Green's back and wrote on the certificate does not add up to the official story. Mm. Like how you what did it did, like uh, Rachel Maddow say? What happened? Did the tree tase tase him to death? Is that what happened? Uh, so that was how everything started to unravel uh, for them. And the family stayed on top of this, trying to get justice. Uh, many of our friends in incarcerated Louisiana also stayed on top of it. But if not for a single reporter at the AT who managed to get the first video uh, uh, through a FOIA act. Uh, we probably wouldn't have never known anything about this. It would have been covered up all the way till the end. There's just some more right. about that story. And I think our, our listeners really need to know about this because I think it's bigger than the George Floyd incident. And it also implicates so many people to show that this is a systemic problem. This is crimes against humanity happening. It's not just one individual case. This is all over the country happening like this. And now it's happening in Louisiana. So Louisiana right now is a cauldron of fire about to blow up a minute. Uh, they started off with them declaring that they want slavery legal. Then they went into the Supreme Court ruling uh, with Ramos <clears throat> versus Louisiana not being retroactive. And for those that don't right. know what that case is, um, the Supreme Court ruled Jim Crow juries that Louisiana had been using were unconstitutional and outright racist. And a Jim Crow jury meant they didn't need 12 jurors to agree to convict. So uh, what they would do is bring in 10 or 11 white people, one or two black people, and then count the 11 white people's votes <laughs> in the jury right. and not the black Jury nullification. Look, right, jury nullification, whatever you call it. But that's what they were doing, and it was unconstitutional. Uh, so mm-hmm. that happened last year, and then they sued to try to make it retroactive because there's nearly 1,600 people who are doing life in prison without parole after being railroaded by these all-white Jim Crow juries. The Supreme Court decided um, at this point, at least for Louisiana, that they're going to wait for, I guess, the the national federal Supreme Court to rule on it, uh, rather than doing it themselves and giving those people at least another chance to get a trial. Some of them have been in 10, 20 years already. So, all of that has been happening in Louisiana, and then on top of it, to find out about Ronald Green. Um, so yeah, it's a big hap- a big thing going down on Tuesday uh, in Louisiana at the Capitol, Baton Rouge. Make sure if you're anywhere near or you're able to get there, to get there. Uh, if we're going to gather, this will be the spot to gather uh, to make an impact. Uh, one of our representatives very likely will be there as well, Sister Savannah. Eldridge is coming to speak on behalf of the ASNA. So that's been the past, some of the past two weeks on my end. I won't even mention all of the various phone calls and, and stuff that's been going on in organizing. Like, I was talking to some people at Nassau the other day. Like, that, that's where we at. You know what I mean? Like, I do all the programming for Nassau, Max, and we like to help you with the abolitionist movement. <laughs> so that happens, and other calls like it. It's, it's pretty awesome. We're making some wonderful headway. 
Yusuf. That's excellent, Max. That's an excellent uh, update. Uh, and, you know, looking at the opening track, you know, we were talking, when well, we hear them giving their excuses, I mean, this was worse than Tennessee. You know, worse. We, we, yeah, it, it was worse. And I see that you have a second clip on the board. So that there's a second part to this. Um, there's, we're gonna we're gonna play several clips regarding the uh, testimony from the representatives in Tennessee. We want to expose these people, and then we're gonna include their names as well, so you know who this was. Uh, so, as you said, there's another clip. So let's go ahead and get to that. When we come back on the other side, if you have any questions or comments, remember to press one on your keypad so we know uh, that you have something to say. And if you want to call in and add to the conversation, the number is five one five. 605-9814. All right, so we're going to go into our next clip. Again, it's the Louisiana pro-slavery advocates, uh, followed by Dr. Kevin K.O. Uh, Morris, J. Morris, convict leasing. You're listening to Abolition Today. We'll be right back after this. Abolition, Abolition. Today. You're, you're, Abolition. you're looking to open, potentially open a can of worms that could be devastating to our criminal justice system in the state. Watch this. Representative Jordan, have you talked to anyone from the uh, Department of Corrections? I mean, because, you know, Representative Seabaugh does raise some some questions that I, I thought about, and I spoke briefly with you about whether uh, hard labor and involuntary, involuntary servitude are equivalent. You know, uh, so if, if, you know, does that, does that mean that if someone is uh, sentenced, uh, to hard labor, uh, and you know, could they be right? But if the Thirteenth Amendment allows uh, involuntary servitude uh, in cases of punishment for a crime, but we take that out of of our Constitution, uh, my question is: would be whether the would that mean that we wouldn't be able to have a, a real effect of sentence to hard labor. And I'm not talking about where you're leasing out convict labor, uh, which I think is certainly something that I think you uh, r- rightly pay, bring up uh, that, that kind of was, it was, has been a reprehensible uh, part of the history. Is the state leasing out convict labor? Let's go. That's the struggle of a man working on this chain. Yeah, yeah. That's the struggle of a man working on this chain. Yeah. Imagine. Being poor in the South after your freedom No jobs available, got you begging and pleading Please come and get you and lock you up for no reason Re-enslaved, but they call that convict leasing Manual labor was needed to plant and harvest crops Build highways, railroads, it's time to open shops Companies paid for labor from the state, which was convicts It was harmless, in fact, the ones they targeted black That's the struggle of a man, working on the chain Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the trouble of a man working on the chain. Yeah. Let's 
Stop Congress Lincoln was really worse than slavery, right? Cause with Congress Lincoln, no one even cared if you died. With slavery, if you pass away, they'll lose their investment. With Congress Lincoln, they'll just replace you when death hits. Ages 14 to 70, they will work heavily. Six days a week from dusk to dawn. Little food to carry on. Some children as young as eight years old was enslaved. Working hard with the grown up strap to a ball and chain. That's the struggle of a man. Working on the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an increased need for infrastructure to move goods. Rail system, highways, demand steadily coming. The good roads movement secured federal funding. More shoveling, grading, leveling, digging, they dug in. Enslaved blacks built the wealth for the country again. Farmers could transport crops to the market and then manufacturers could ship goods across country. Travel easy now. Even today, they still work inmates giving them pennies. That's the struggle of a man. Working on the chain, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the trouble of a man working on the chain, yeah. That's the struggle of a man working on the chain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abolition. Welcome back to Abolition Today with Max Parthas and Yusuf Hassan. That was a clip of the Louisiana pro-slavery advocates arguing for slavery. And in this segment, they dealt with uh, the convict leasing aspect of it. So the track was followed by, as Max mentioned earlier, Dr. Kevin Kale Cates featuring Jay Morris, convict leasing. Max? Uh, first, shout out to Dr. Kevin K.O. Case. He has got like a dozen songs like this that I've heard. Mm-hmm. From is extremely talented and intelligent, and he can put it together. As you see it in the beginning, he broke down the entire Atlantic slave trade, and now he right. dives into convict leasing perfectly because that's what they were talking about, as you said, right? They're concerned, A, about what the prisons think, and secondly, about whether or not they can uh, – Sentence people to hard labor. What do you think this is? 1910, 1860, 70? Well, I mean, surprisingly, Max, Max, you'd be surprised. In Louisiana, they can actually be sentenced to with or without hard labor. It's actually part of their penal code. That it still exists in Louisiana. And this is why those at uh, Louisiana State Prison, also called you know, Angola, they call it the last slavery plantation. You know, that's what they say LSP stands for, the last slavery plantation. We've seen all, we've seen and heard all of the stories of how, you know, they're there picking cotton. They're there being held at gun, uh, gunpoint, the, the officers on horses with their shotguns and everything. No different than it would have looked, you know, uh, at 18, in the 1840s. It's no different. And I like in the song, you know, where the brother reminded me of the book by Matthew Mancini, One Dies, Get Another, dealing with the convict leasing in the American South, 1866 to 1928. 
and you know to hear these uh, legislators talking about this, you know, in a in a manner where you know, like you mentioned earlier, where you said, well, let's go ask the slave master what, what he feels about this. How does he feel? Yeah, and, and you know, something that they've exposed to us, uh, first of all, we know that now it's along party line. Nine white Republicans voted not to end slavery in Louisiana, and we're definitely going to give you those names in full and more uh, before we're done. Right. Uh, but also we see what they're doing with blocking the committee hearing. So they've decided the position of the Republican Party is one of pro-slavery. It's like 1850 all over again. Uh, all over again. He said – that he talked to the Department of Justice, right? And he also talked to some attorneys, constitutional attorneys, and they said that if this is allowed to pass, and you heard the most dangerous bill they've seen, and uh, it mm-hmm. will um, force them to examine every felony charge in the entire state. Uh, so what? <laughs> like, what? And you know, that was the same argument that the prosecution made in the Ramos case, they said, look, we've been doing this for 40 years. Why change it now? That was really like the argument. Right. Why change so, what we've been doing all along? They're determined, basically, that uh, our freedom is not as valuable as their convenience. Uh, they just don't want – what do mm-hmm. you call it? A, a can of worms. You don't want to open up right. a can of worms because it's just too much to dig into, as if people's freedom doesn't matter. Uh, and that is ridiculous. It's crimes against humanity all over again. But as I said, he was more concerned with whether or not the state would continue to make this money on free labor with, uh, you know, places like Angola being the size of Manhattan Island. Angola prison is that big. The whole wow. area is the size of freaking Manhattan Island. It, it's like wow. an entire, you know, city unto itself with everything going on you can imagine. And it's a former slave plantation. And don't even start on the parishes. There's a reason that Louisiana is the prison capital of the world, or at least known that way, because all of these parishes and their little kings called sheriffs use their jails as a money-making uh, industry. Absolutely. Job creators. It's so bad. And, and, you know, they try to say it's not racial. But if it's not racial, then why the hell is it nearly 80% of all prisoners are black? In a place they only make up about 30% of the population. How is that even a, a thing? How did that happen in a traditional right. slave state? <laughs> you know? So it's all pretty clear for anybody that's willing to pay freaking attention. All right. So with that being said, man, uh, again, if you have something to say, you got a question or comment, press 1 on keypad. Number is 515-605-9814. Let's keep it going with these clips of music, all right? Um, it's time to drop some names. So let's go ahead and get into that. You're going to hear, again, the pro-slavery representatives out of Louisiana um, talking that talk. And that will be followed by Black in a White World featuring the Watts Pro Pro Prophets. Uh, we'll be right back after this. You listen to Abolition Today, abolitiontoday.org. Abolition, Abolition. Today. Thank you, Representative Johnson. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Representative Jordan, you're a very skilled legislator. I've learned a lot 
from you. Uh, I don't know, but 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 I appreciate that. Words but mean not. things. <laughs> but you, sir, this is set up in such a way that I'm afraid, I worry that if someone, if you were to disagree and vote against this bill, it might appear to some that a vote no would be a vote yes for slavery. That's certainly not your intent. That's certainly not, not what would be perceived accurately, would it? No, that's not my intent, you know. Um, you know, you know. I can't tell you what. I'm sure that's not your intent, but I don't know if that wouldn't be the impact about that. And you know, and I'm joking slightly, I know. but I know. But and I meant that as a impact. compliment to I you. Know. That you so, um, well, I mean, the law, and 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 I I appreciate where you're going, but you know, this is being billed as an anti-slavery bill. Well, everybody up here, I would hope, is anti-slavery. Watch this. Representative Amade? No. Representative Robbie Carter? Representative Wilford Carter? Yes. Representative Eccles? No. Representative Emerson? No. Representative Freeman? No. Representative Hodges? Representative Jefferson? Yes. Representative Jenkins? Yes. Representative Johnson? No. Representative Landry? Yes. Representative Larvidane? Yes. Representative Marino? Representative Muscarello? No. Representative Nelson? No. Representative Presley? No. Representative Seaball? No. Five yeas, nine nays. Thank you, members. Thank you, members. Thank you, Representative Jordan.
So that was part three of the clips of the pro-slavery reps, and it actually laid out their names, and we're going to repeat them uh, during the broadcast, and that was followed by Black and the White World by the Watch Prophets. You know, Max, I got really upset with Jordan here. Yeah. You know, it's one thing when you mention it, but to actually hear it, and I mean, he basically... Yuck, yuck. He just started yuck, yuck, yuck. And yuck. when he asked him, the man asked him a specific question. You know, are you saying that if we vote against this, we're actually voting for slavery? And he had the absolute chance right there to say, you damn right. Right. Yes. Clearly. If you vote against this, you are voting to keep slavery in our Constitution. But he'd rather yuck, 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 and step and fetch it and all the other names that well, come along with you that. Know, let's restrain ourselves. I don't want to go off on Yeah, like I'm that sorry. <laughs> yeah. He was brave <laughs> enough to, to take on this job, you know what I mean, in the prison capital of the world, Louisiana. So I want to give him credit for that. He might not have been prepared, or maybe he was just intimidated. I, I, I don't know. Or maybe that particular part didn't dawn on him until after it occurred. Like, oh, man. Right. You he know had what I mean? the absolute we, chance right there. Right. Because prior to that, he was very confident. We all were, based on what he was telling us, that nobody's going to stand up and say, no, I'm going to vote for slavery. You know, that's what he said at the press conference that we was all part of, right? That nobody's going right. to stand up and say no to this bill. And then they did that. And the only and thing that did. allowed them to do Overwhelmingly. that was when he gave that permission right there. Because that's why I cut right to the vote. Okay, now that you got that out of the way, boom. Here's all the people. And, and who did it? Who voted no on HB 196? Well, it was Representative Mike Johnson, who was the vice chair, Representative Beryl Amadee, Representative Mike Michael Charles Eccles, Representative Julie Emerson, Representative Lawrence Larry Freeman, in that uh, <laughs> ironic Freeman, <laughs> right. Representative Nicholas Muscarello, uh, Representative Muscarello. Richard Muscarello, yeah. Representative Richard Nelson, Representative Thomas A. Presley, and Representative Alan Siebel. All of these nine white Republicans voted to keep slavery legal in the state of Louisiana that is known as the prison capital of the world. And, you know, I did some research on them, uh, you know, just looking at their backgrounds, uh, what they were about, what organizations, blah, 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 blah. And I find, you know, a lot of these people are involved in some really, really good things. You know what I mean? Or at least it looks good on paper. So, for instance, the vice chair, right? Uh, he's an attorney. Most of them are attorneys, so they know exactly what's up here. He's uh, right. a former talk radio host. Uh, now he's serving for uh, Louisiana's 4th Congressional District. He was elected in 16, and he's also the vice chairman of the House Republican Conference, right? So he, he's got some right. things going on. Sounds like a good guy, right? Representative Beryl Amity, uh House District 51. Uh, that's portions of Terrebonne, St. Mary, uh, Assumption, and LaForge Parishes. She was elected vice chair of the Republican Party of Louisiana and vice chair of the Legislative Caucus. So she was the head of the vice, well, the second in charge of the whole party in Louisiana, as well as the second in charge of the entire Legislative Women's Caucus. She's an ordained minister, and she serves as an assistant pastor at Vision Christian Center in uh, Berg. Now, I mean, that sounds all good, right? 
But like I say about cops, how many slaves do you have to catch to be a slave catcher? How many times exactly. do you have to support slavery to be a slaver? You know, the newspaper report that came out after all of this and said, you know, slavery is going to still be legal in Louisiana because there's people writing about it all over the place. They said nothing is more pro-slavery than voting to keep it legal. Like, you can't do right. any better than that. That's as pro-slavery as you can freaking get. So whether you worship God every day, uh, you're a minister, you have a wonderful business, you hug your grandchildren at night, tuck them in, uh, you feed the hungry. If all of that wrapped up, all those good things you think you are are completely negated the moment that you say, yes, I'm going to uh, vote. Oh, actually, no, I'm going to vote to keep slavery legal. Because now you're a slaver. <laughs> Some things right. identify you. Max, uh, as we played that last clip, you know, the, the board lit up with all kinds of callers. <laughs> all right, I see we've got a couple. Let's go ahead and take a few in. Uh, let's start with uh, 8979. 8979, welcome to Abolition Today. Uh, what's your name and your question or comment? Hey, Max and Yusuf. Hi. Hey, this is Mandy with Decarcerate Louisiana. Hey, uh, Mandy. Hey, Mandy. <laughs> Hey, y'all. Yeah, it's been a depressing and very um, heartbreaking two, last two weeks here in Louisiana, the prison capital of the world. And um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, from, you know, our the House bill being shut down, you know, how you just heard the, night, the nine white Republican, Republicans mm-hmm. just shutting it down. Even when we had 40 Louisiana constituents there, 39, 40 um, in support of this bill, none in opposition, but these white Republicans, you know, they did not represent their state. They represented their what they wanted to happen and to continue to enslave people. And then you saw the next week where um, it was voted by the Supreme Court that the um, the non-unanimous jury will, rulings would not be retroactive. So there's 1,500 people in Louisiana prison um, that still have not re- yet received a fair trial and do not have to receive a fair trial. Um, it's just heartbreaking. And then, you know, we see today the uh, footage of Ronald Green, which I think it happened two years ago. And just right. because of this AP journalist that um, decided that, you know, he's not going to give up on this, we finally see footage of this heartbreaking, heartbreaking video. And it's just disgusting. And I'm so, I'm just so disgusted. Um, and, you know, it, it's just these Louisiana state troopers, they drive around within God we trust on the back of their vehicles. <laughs> I don't mm. understand. I mean, this is the most white supremacist thing. I, 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 it's just, I, I just want to cry just thinking about what this man and his family have gone through and hearing the the language, the, the just what these men were saying as they beat the crap out of this man. It was Slave so catchers. They were freaking yes. slave catchers was, in every yes. sense of the word. Like they yep. caught an animal, you know, just beating the crap out of him. You don't, the people don't treat their animals like that. We don't even, you know, you kill a deer. People don't even kill a deer like that. You know, you have to kill them humanely. This was. Right. Um, uh, but anyway, you know, I'm listening to what the representatives were saying, and I mean, I can't get what they said out of my head um, from being at that um, committee hearing. Um, you know, one of them talks about, um, you know, what's going to happen if we get rid of slavery? Who's going to pay for the cost of housing and right. incarcerate the people? 
first of all, why do we need to pay to incarcerate people? That's where all the tax money is going. If you don't want to pay all these taxes, then let people out of prison. Why are we enslaving people? Why are we paying to enslave people? Um, so let's look at other countries that have been successful. They're not trying to punish people. They're trying to help people. They're, they have restorative justice models. Um, let's get back to that where, you know, people do wrong and we all do wrong, but some populations are targeted and they are set up to do wrong. So shouldn't we more than anything help this, these people out? But no, you're, you're sticking people in prison and in Norway, um, you know, they, they had a, a, a booming po uh, prison population. So what do they do? They start restorative justice. Um, they start, um, you know, actually investing money into the, you know, people that are incarcerated, you know, to, to rehabilitate them, actually. And they, their recidivism rates have dropped. Their number of people incarcerated have dropped. You know, they're getting out of prison and able to support themselves and support their families. But, I mean, we don't want to do that because this is what we want. We want to enslave a population of people. We don't want people to be able to support their families. That's one so, of the things I was going to point out, that places like Norway and Iceland and all these different European countries that have really uh, made progressive moves with their prison industries and trying to rehabilitate and help people don't have a lot of black people there. Very, very few who are filling their yeah. prisons. Here, anybody black and brown is a target uh, with, with a target on their back. And I, it's always been that way. Just recently, I was doing some research, and I read a report from the Department of Justice in 1997 saying that 28.5% of all black men are going to end up in prison or state or federal prison. 28.5, nearly 30%. You're talking about a third of all of an entire population are going to mm -hmm. go to prison, and you knew it in 1997 and did nothing to stop it or prevent it. Nothing. As right. if you were setting them up for a hotel room uh, that you would get over the next 30 years. Right. So, yeah, it, it yeah. pissed me off to see that. They, they know this is all intentional. So they want to say they're not enslavers, well, then let's use some of these other models. But no, we don't want to do that because this country and this state wants to enslave people. That's all there is right. to it. Hey, you know, I want to bring in another caller, 9147. Uh, okay. Watch your background noise, if you don't mind. Uh, we're going to bring you in. Welcome to Abolition Today. Uh, state your name and uh, question or comment. I believe that, that's me. There you go, brother. Is What's that happening, brother Loma? Hey, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, we can, we can hear, hear you clear, brother. All right, brother. brother that's the fan blowing in, in the background. And as y'all know, I'm behind enemy lines. Right. Um, I just wanted to um, point out something about the, the state representative concerns about um, what would happen um, if we was to get rid of slavery as Mandy was saying, and um, and um, who's going, you know, and the concerns of course, who's going, you know, the the prisoners pay for their own um, housing, you know, the the, the the work that they do is to support their own housing. So my my thing is, if there are a lot of countries, you know, I'm sure we can pretty look, we, we can look at on this earth 
And like in, in Europe, you know, when they was abolishing slavery, they didn't create no slavery exception clause. So if they really want to know, you know, what it looks like, you know, what society looks like after they pre- abolished slavery and prohibited in all circumstances, then we could look at that. We, we th- th- There are examples around the world that we could look at, you know, and um, – and, and, and for people that's committing crimes or offenses in, in other countries, we can look in the see we can look at those countries and see where are they getting the monies in that system to pay for the housing of those people in those societies that don't have slavery. So there are examples, and 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 I credit Malcolm X because he he broadened my mind and made me think like this when when um. In one of his speeches, he was talking about erratic. He was talking about poverty and how to get rid of poverty. And he said, "Well, if if we want to get rid of poverty, let's let's look at, you know, um, other democracies and see what they are doing to get rid of poverty. Let's look at, you know, let, 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 let's 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 take a tour. You know, let, let let's let's if, if we shopping, you know, this it's like you're going shopping for, you know, an outfit for some clothes. You know, the the, the wear. You know, and you." you and there's a bunch of outfits out there, you know, and, and so it's the same thing with, with systems. You know, we want to shop, you know, and, and see what's all out there, you know. And and, and, and so these people, they just have to, um, if, if you, we know they're not really concerned about um, human rights, human dignity, they, 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 they don't want to um, um, do that. And as you said, Max, in, in, in those societies, they, you know, in, in, the, in the prison populations, they're, it's the minority of um, people of color. You, it's, it's a majority of white people incarcerated in those countries. So, you know, and, 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 and um, they are encouraged to, like, see each other as human beings. And so, you know, that's why, you know, right. it's probably a better situation over there. Exactly. We've been demonized to the point where we're looked at already as criminals before we ever become one. Um, you know, and treated as such. So thank you for that. Uh, for those that don't know, Brother Loma is deeply involved, one of the uh, main organizers for decarcerated Louisiana, and he's doing it from behind enemy lines. He is incarcerated as we speak right now, trying to work for your freedom. Imagine that, right? Uh, trying to fight for your freedom, fixing every, risking everything for your freedom. Exactly. We yep. appreciate you, brother. brother. I want to I ask the brother a question. I'm sure everyone there has heard heard the Ramos decision about the uh, non-unanimous juries uh, not being retroactive. What kind of uh, feedback have you heard down there regarding that? Um, as far as from the people on the inside? Yes. Well, of course, the, the brothers are um, upset. They, you know, disappointed and... and <laughs> They ready to uh, fight, you know. Uh, one of the brothers, like he told me the other day, he said um, he looked at me, he, he, and, and he was one of the ones that was waiting. You know, he was, you know, excited and, and, and was just looking, thinking that the Supreme Court was gonna come through, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and, and people was gonna be able to, you know, um, get, you know, that was gonna be able, to, you know, get some justice, man. Or at least have some hope, by, right? Like, yeah, these Jim Crow right. juries, and so they like. He looked at me, say, "Man, brother Elamba, he like, man. I'm, he say, I'm on the front line. I'm ready now, bro. So, 
you know, it, it, I mean, I mean, what what do else I, I have to lose? You know, so that's that's mm-hmm. that's that's what I see. You know, they you know they you know brothers just you know wanna they wanna fight back, man. They you know they they want help with fighting back. Well. I hope that the brothers get involved for the Juneteenth efforts we're making this year. Uh, make some noise around Juneteenth. Uh, that would be a very good idea. That's what we are introducing the federal bill, uh, which will counter the 13th Amendment's exception clause, uh, Juneteenth, uh, along with uh, Senator Merkley out of Oregon and several other sponsors uh, will be introducing that. I hope that the ASNN will be there as well in D.C. when it happens, representing. Um, right. Yeah, man. So I want to go back. To I, have one more, I have one more question. Oh, for the, I have one more question for the brother, Max. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, when, uh, you know, so we know Louisiana is one of the states that has this uh, sentencing to hard labor. So can you uh, describe for the listeners what happens when a person refuses to work? Okay, what happens is is you would you would get a disciplinary report and that's called a rule 28 a mm-hmm. aggravated work offense and um and so the it, it would be a number of punishments they will um give you for refusing to go to work. Now I've been one of the ones, man, that's been refusing to go to work. I'm talking about ever since I've been incarcerated. And I've been incarcerated since uh, 1997. And so, and I've been, and, and so this is what happens, you know. So they write you up, Rule 28, you go in front of these, um, this little kangaroo court, and, and you'll have um, some officers sitting in there, and um, they'll read the report, and, um, they'll ask you how do you plead guilty or not guilty so um i i would in, in most cases i would just say um guilty you know and they would sentence me to sometimes the, the, the punishments will vary sometimes it'll be solitary confinement for um six months um sometimes it would be a full loaf for um 10 days the full loaf would be they'll take um, your meal, say like, say like, um, you, you know, you have breakfast, you have lunch, and you have dinner. So that morning, if if they had grits, eggs, um, biscuits, um, um, what else? Um, jelly. Yeah, they have jelly on the tray. They'll take all that, all all that 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 meal right there, and just tie it up all into a bag and put it in the oven and bake it and then sit it in front the um on on a tray hatch in front of the inmate cell. Another thing they would do is they'll take your mattress in the morning from um this this is called isolation. From five o'clock in the morning and they'll give you a mattress back at nine o'clock at night, PM. And and, and, and they'll sentence you to thirty days isolation. Um, the punishment could also be um, visitation. You know, they they they, they suspend your visitation for maybe um, up to um, two weeks to um, a month or so. Uh, they suspend canteen privileges for um, three weeks to six weeks. 
they are um you'll get denied parole. They'll deny you a parole. They'll take good time from you and deny you parole. You know, so you know, th- this is what happens when you refuse to um go to work. To work. And you know, I don't when we talk about prisoners uh, or inmates who are working in order to pay for their stay, that makes me have to ask the question, does the prisons have a ghetto? Is there like a slum in the prisons? Because some people can't pay. The infirm, the elderly, the sick, there's a number of people who can't work. So does that mean they live in a ghetto inside the prison? I mean, it's it's definitely a ghetto, man, in, in here. I mean, because it's it's filled with uh, you know, all sorts of you know drugs and um, you know, all sorts of stuff, you know. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a ghetto. But what, mm-hmm. like, can, can you be like specific? Like, what, what do you mean? Is it something? Well, you, you... you remember Tupac asked, "Does heaven have a ghetto?" Right. Well, let's look at the opposite of that. Because now you have this economy in prison, and they're saying you have to hurt their own testimony. They want you to do hard labor. What if you can't do or don't want to do hard labor? What if you refuse to work or you're crippled or you're confirmed or you're sick and you can't do it? Does that mean you're delegated to a ghetto inside the prison or the people who can't afford things in that yeah, so if, if, if in that case, if, if the prisoner is the incarcerated person is ill or, 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 or some kind of way, then yeah, they they'll give you a duty status, uh, but you have to be able to prove that you you can't do the work, you know, such as you have uh, some type of debilitating back pain or, 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 or something like that, arthritis or um, scoliosis or you know. Something we like that, out, you know, seizures. <laughs> in New Jersey, mm. they have this new writing under their uh, prison's codes. If you can get a hold of the codes of Louisiana that show the same thing for me, I would really appreciate it, brother. So uh, look, see if they have these codes where it is li- literally written down that if you refuse to work, it's a violation that can result in, and it's classified as this type of a charge. So in New Jersey, for instance, if you refuse to work, it's the same uh, charged as if you had raped someone or murdered someone for refusing to work, and they were treated as such. So that's all in writing. It's one of the things the Department of Justice is very nervous about as far as being exposed. So if you can find that in Louisiana, that would help our case to find You mean like an institutional rule that says that? Yes, in writing. It's yeah. the, prisons, the prison's codes that they have that tell okay, uh, I got the personnel how to deal with each circumstance. And as I said, we found them in New Jersey, or Dennis people found them, where they have it in writing. If you refuse to work, this is the type of penalty that occurs for refusing to work. And see, that's what slavery and involuntary servitude is. You don't get a choice. You're going to work whether you like it or not. Uh, and even if that work includes working for commercial industries that are exploiting your free labor. You know, Max, what kind of um, threw me off a little bit, and and I want to get y'all take on this because I know y'all watch it too. It seems like one of the representatives, when he was questioning Edmund Jordan about uh, the language and the, the, the Constitution, the, the Slavery Exception Clause, he said that 
one of the representatives said that um, when, 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 when the part about slavery and involuntary servitude are prohibited. In the case of the latter. In, right. So yeah. one of them made a statement that seemed to say that we don't have to worry about slavery like as if we abolished that. We've done away with that already. But it's the involuntary servitude thing. Did, did y'all get anything like that? I saw that, that, first of all, it was disrespectful to Representative Jordan when he said, do you know what the word ladder means? <laughs> like, you know, I wanted to reach through the screen and powder slap the shit out of him. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> you know? Uh, so that was disrespectful yeah. as hell, first of all. And then secondly, he was wrong because it says, in the case of the ladder. Well, what exactly is the ladder? It's a package deal that says slavery and involuntary servitude. It doesn't just say involuntary or, or involuntary servitude. It's a package. Slavery and involuntary servitude. So when it refers to the latter, it's referring to the package deal. Right. The former as well. Right. 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 So, because, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, because we can, I mean, and, and when we look at the antebellum slave system and the slaves that were uncooperative, that ran away or uh, uh, rebelled in some kind of way, they, they exact punishments, and sometimes it would be loss mm-hmm. of life, loss of limb. Um, it, it, it would be, you know, on all sorts of uh, positions. They would hog tie you in uncomfortable, leave you there for hours, days, what have you. So, the, you know, it's the same thing. You know, punishment, the punishments vary today, but the, the punishments that, you know, to um, that for, for, for the slave, for refusing to work, or still um, being um, um, imposed, you know. So it, it just have varied, you know. It, that's all. But they still they still are punishing the incarcerated people, the slaves, you know, for refusing yes. to work. Until the 1960s, you were they were still legally whipping you in prisons. Until the late 60s, legally whipping people. And then with that, they also had these uh, inmates who would act as overseers. Uh, sometimes yes, they even allowed them to be armed. The trustees, yes, who would be with uh, other prisoners for extra loaves of bread or, you know, a conjugal every year <laughs> or something like that, you know? Uh, but here's what I got to do, man. We're running up, up against the time limit, so I got to get on to this next segment. I want to say thank you, Brother Aloba and Mandy, for calling in and representing uh, incarcerated Louisiana, as well as representing those soldiers on the inside and out, and crossing racial boundaries. You know what I mean? Because what we're doing uh, is crossing racial boundaries with the organizations we brought together. So thank you very much. Um, any final comments you want to make before we get to this next segment, Brother Aloba? No, I, I, I would just say um, to you know the listeners that um, um, I mean the, the hearing it, it just you know as y'all already you know acknowledged it just gave us an opportunity to, to see you know um, what's you know what they have to say you know uh, 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 about um, our bill about you know uh, pushing um, the this movement forward to try to, um, you know, improve the human condition. So we know what they're thinking now. But the good thing is that, you know, people are curious now. A lot of people 
you know, did, saw the hearing, they didn't like what happened, and they, they people are coming to us and they, they want to know um, more what's going on, how they can help. So I just see that, you know, we're just going to keep building, we're going to keep networking, and people that, you know, the, the freedom fighters, you know, we, you know we, we just need to just keep building on this, just keep building and, and, and educating the people. So All right. um, thanks, man. Yeah. Peace out. Peace thanks out, brother. All right, uh, Sister Mandy, any final comments before we get into our next segment? And I'm going to take one more call real quick. But uh, anything you want to add to it before we uh, get into that? No, uh, just thank you for, for having us on. Um, we really, like what Ilamba said, need to continue to get the word out. And, um, you know, thank especially you very now much. we can't. Okay. org is that the URL? Correct. All right, decarceratelouisiana.org. Peace, Mandy. All right, I'm going to take this last call. We're going to have to make it quick, and then we've got to get into our next segment. So 9740, you are here with us on Abolition Today. State your name and your question or comment. Hey, brother. It's Brother Laramie. What's going on? Hey, peace, Brother Laramie. How you doing, man? This is another soldier um, from Decarcerate, Louisiana, as well as from the New Black Panther Party, uh, working towards uh, liberation in the prison capital of the world. What's up, bro? Oh, yeah, man. Um. Man, I appreciate all the hard work and the insight. You know, when you sent me that first clip the other day, man, I laughed so hard. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, that's that's what's needed. Um, you know what I'm saying? All those representatives did was add more fuel to the fire. Now we gonna dig. Now we're gonna dig into the shit that they had going on, like you just did. You just did some things on the surface. We're gonna go deeper. You understand what I'm saying? Because automatically, right. they have put themselves on a pedestal that they didn't even know. You understand what I'm saying? Worldwide, people are going to know that they are pro-slavery. And, right. and, and, I, and I just want to say this from, um, you know, a, a black and an African standpoint. I don't consider myself African-American because America don't even love me. They never love my people or anything. I call myself African. I call myself black. That's it. They better be lucky. White supremacy and such better be lucky that we are forgiving, we are loving people, we have been welcoming people, we have been patient, we have been understanding of some things. They better be lucky because they are lucky that we don't do the same thing to them. I'm just going to say that. You understand what I'm saying? Because you know for a fact who would win. We taught them guerrilla warfare. We taught them what that was. You understand? Mm-hmm. There's been dozens of and dozens of revolts in this country to save our people. You understand? You know, and, and, and we got to come together as one and unite and stop being so separate and stop being, you know, some of us stop being so docile. Well, well you know, we got to do it. How how many bills do we have to put in? The, 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 lynching, the lynching bill to make it legal, legal, illegal in the federal system it, now it has to go to uh, uh, Joe Biden's desk. That got pushed to the side when the Asians start crying. I understand. I don't like nothing to happen to nobody. But damn, this has been there for 120 years. You understand what I'm saying? All I had to do was from, combine it, and he has to sign it. And that's it. From Laramie, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Right now, um, anything can happen, especially in Louisiana. It's a boiling pot right, right now, especially yeah. after what happened with Brother Ronald Green. You know, um, and we know that 
people are only going to take so much. We've already seen the limits uh, that mm-hmm. we're able to go, get to. And we already see, you know, the oppressor class, uh, they get five minutes to something that even don't even resemble slavery, and they'll call it slavery and want to raise up and burn down the whole goddamn place. You know what I mean? Yeah, so man. we definitely are patient and forgiving because a whole lot more has happened to uh, people of color in this country uh, over the last yeah. 400 years. And the latest right. one, as I said, I think people need to really understand the story. So, Brother Larry, what I want to do is go ahead and yeah. play that clip, all right? Yeah. And we'll come back on the other side, all right? Oh, all right, one more please. thing. If you could real quick tell us what's happening on Tuesday and how that people can get involved. Oh, yes. On Tuesday here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, multiple organizations from Louisiana, also with the Ball Saving National Network, uh, thank you, Max, are, have put together – a uh, a protest and a march at the uh, Louisiana State Capitol here in Baton Rouge at 2 p.m. Tuesday, the anniversary of George Floyd's murder and also uh, the demands for uh, Ronald Green's murder that was two years ago. Uh, how you can get involved, uh, you can contact the People's Promise on Facebook, that is Breaker People's. You can contact... Uh, me on Facebook, uh, Laramie X. Uh, you can contact us at Decarcerate Louisiana, that page on Facebook. Uh, you can also contact, uh, and, and I'm about to say National Network, you guys on this station, um, to, to get involved and to help. Uh, like I said, we need everything, all hands on deck, because there's no person in the world who thinks besides the oppressor that this was wrong. Okay, so right. we're going to go to the state capitol, from the state capitol to the attorney general's office, giving our demands with the family, and we're going to in front of the governor's house to demand that he give us answers why they covered this up from him all the way to the police officers, to the medical examiners, why they covered this brutal murder up that was caught on tape, 46 minutes of this man pleading for his life. Yes, well, uh, exactly. Thank you, brother, and uh, peace. All right, so I chose this particular clip, and I've listened to many of them in several days now since it came out, but I chose this one by Rachel Maddow because she really lays out step-by-step what occurred here and who was involved. Um, I'm not a fan of Rachel Maddow, but she has she's, a, she's an excellent storyteller, um, and she's put out some great stories over the years. This is one of them where she lets you know exactly how this happened, and uh, pay attention. You need to know. We'll be right back. Abolition Today, AbolitionToday.org. Abolition. 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 Now, I will warn you now that what I'm about to describe, some of it will be hard to hear. I will also warn you that I'm going to play some tape in a couple of minutes that many people will find hard to watch. I certainly did. But when this story broke today, even though there are stories of this type that seem like they break all the time. This one in particular just seemed to stop the news in its tracks. Certainly for everybody who come, works on this show, it stopped us all in our tracks. It's kind of, you can't really move on once you've seen something like this. What this is about um, is something that happened in Louisiana just over two years ago. And in West Monroe, Louisiana, there's a hospital there called Glenwood Regional Medical Center. And that night, May 10th in 2019, the emergency room at that hospital received an ambulance. And the ambulance held a 49-year-old man uh, who was handcuffed to a gurney 
he was already deceased when the ambulance pulled into Glenwood Regional Medical Center and they wheeled him into the ER. The ambulance was accompanied by Louisiana State Police. And the police that night told the emergency room doctor who was attending this ambulance that the man who was dead in the ambulance had um, died on impact when he crashed his car into a tree. That was the explanation for why this man was dead when he arrived at the ER. And the doctor examined the body, examined the man who'd been brought in in the ambulance, noted in his doctor's notes that the man was covered in blood and covered in bruises. But he also noted that the man had two taser prongs hanging out of his back. Wait a minute. This is supposedly a car crash casualty. What? They're saying he crashed into a tree, died on impact. What, did the tree tase him after he hit it? The ER doctor noted all this in his notes and actually wrote in his notes that night. He wrote, quote, does not add up. Because, right, it did not add up. And yet that really was the official explanation that Louisiana State Police tried to go with for how a 49-year-old barber from West, in West Monroe, Louisiana, a man named Ronald Green, that's the story they tried to tell about how he died that night. Louisiana State Police told Mr. Green's family that he died when he crashed his car during a chase. They said, Trooper said they tried to pull him over for some sort of unspecified traffic violation shortly after midnight, about 30 miles south of the Arkansas state line outside Monroe. They said he died on impact when he crashed into a tree. It took the ER doctor pointing out the freaking taser prongs still hanging out of his back. It took Mr. Green's family filing a wrongful death, death suit for police to admit that, yes, okay, something else might have happened. No, they can't come up with an explanation for how the tree fired those taser prongs into him. Police released a one-page new report with a new explanation that said, quote, Green was taken into custody after resisting arrest and a struggle with troopers. And then inexplicably, he became, quote, unresponsive. He became unresponsive and died on his way to the hospital. The report did not describe any use of force by the troopers in this instance. And that was literally all the Louisiana State Police said about the death of Ronald Green. That's all they have ever said. To this day, more than two years later, the Louisiana State Police has still given no further explanation of Ronald Green's death in their custody. And crucially, for all of this time, they have refused to release the troopers' body camera footage from that night. It took 474 days after Mr. Green died for the state police to even open an internal investigation into what happened. And that was only when their hand was forced. Summer of protests over the police murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis had put the spotlight back on cases like Mr. Green's. Perhaps more presciently, um, in terms of seeing what impact it might have, Mr. Green's family also took the radical step of releasing graphic photos to the public in an effort to demonstrate to the public that the police explanation of what killed Ronald Green was a ridiculous explanation. They released photos of the condition of the body when they received it. They showed deep bruises, deep cuts to Ronald Green's face and scalp. They also showed his vehicle. They released a photo of his vehicle. It's the car he'd been driving the night that he died, showed that the car was only Mildly damaged, the airbags hadn't deployed. This was not a car that had been involved in a major crash that had mortally wounded its driver. In the midst of all of this, the Justice Department announced that it had opened a civil rights investigation into Ronald Green's death. Can you imagine how bad a case has to look for the Trump Justice Department to open a civil rights investigation? Really? Did they even do that? 
And still, the Louisiana State Police would not say anything else about Ronald Green's death, wouldn't release the body cam footage, wouldn't afford any further explanation of what happened. Last September, they finally decided to fire one of the officers that was involved in Mr. Green's death, although they would not say why they were firing him. Tragically, that officer died in a single vehicle car crash just hours after he was told that he was fired. Days later, the Associated Press obtained audio of that same officer describing how he beat and choked Ronald Green the night of his death. On a recording from his body cam microphone, the officer, that officer who was in the one car, car crash, um, was heard telling somebody very matter-of-factly that he, quote, beat the ever-living F out of Ronald Green. He said, quote, choked him and everything else. He was spitting blood everywhere, and all of a sudden, he just went limp. After that horrifying reporting, Ronald Green's family was finally, after a year and a half, allowed to see the body cam footage from the night that he died. The family's attorney said that Mr. Green's mother and sister wailed like they were at a funeral when they finally saw the footage. He said it was damning footage that showed the troopers choking and beating Ronald Green, repeatedly jolting him with tasers, dragging him face down across the pavement. That attorney, Lee Merritt, who also watched the footage, told the Associated Press, quote, this family has been lied to the entire time about what happened. The video was very difficult to watch. It's one of those videos like George Floyd and even Ahmed Aubrey, where it is just so graphic. Well, today what happened is that today we learned to our collective horror that the attorney for the Green family was right when he described it that way. Because today the Associated Press obtained and published edited excerpts from the Louisiana State Trooper's body cam footage from the night that Ronald Green died. And I will tell you that this stopped the news today for a reason. I'm going to show you some of what the AP published today. As I said, it is not a pleasure to watch. Uh, that is a grave understatement. It is disturbing to watch. And the nightmarish nature of the video of this incident is compounded by how long all of this was kept secret, how blatantly state troopers lied about what really happened. There is something even worse about the fact that we are only seeing this footage now more than two years after the fact, and not because the police finally decided to release it, but because a dogged reporter from the Associated Press was finally able to get it, and that's the only reason it has come out. Again, it is more than two years after this happened, and they have had this all the time. So here's the first bit of video we're going to play tonight. This is when police approach Ronald Green's car. They have been chasing him. This is the, the chase has come to an end. I should, I'll tell you again, this footage is excerpted and edited by the Associated Press. We don't have the raw tape. The full footage they obtained is 46 minutes long. They say there's long stretches where Mr. Green is not on camera. The trooper whose body camera footage it is appears to cut the microphone off about halfway through. That makes it hard to discern what's going on in some moments. We don't have footage from other troopers at the scene. The AP itself is cautioning that it can be difficult to piece together what's happening at all times. But in some of it, it's clear. Like in this clip, where police first approach Ronald Green's car, it certainly appears that he is not resisting and, in fact, is pleading with the troopers. Let me see your hands. Let me, let me see your hands, mother. Come here, mother. Get out of the door. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, 
says at the end there, officer, I'm scared. I'm your brother. I'm scared. We also have another portion of the body cam video after the troopers get Mr. Green out of the car. And you'll see Mr. Green on the ground here, pretty, appearing pretty motionless. While an officer tases him again, the officer then handcuffs him. Mr. Green is clearly bloodied at this point. The officers, part of the reason we can confirm that is that the officers are commenting about the amount of his blood that they've got on them and the fact that they are wiping it off themselves. Get on the ground! Get on the ground! The AP tonight has posted one other portion of the video. This portion doesn't have sound. We believe what happened here is the trooper turned off the microphone on his body cam, but you can see here Ronald Green handcuffed on the ground. Uh, the AP reports that later, after a several-minute stretch in which Ronald Green is not seen on camera, he appears again limp, unresponsive, bleeding from his head, bleeding from his face. He's then loaded onto an ambulance gurney. His, hand is, his arm is cuffed to the bed rail. Um, but here what you will see is an officer putting leg shackles on him, and then I'm not going to show you this part, but what you can see in part of this video is the officer dragging Mr. Green by those leg shackles across the ground face down. Again, his handcuffs are on him behind his back. His legs are shackled. He is face down and limp, and they are dragging him by the leg shackles face down across the ground. Now, the Louisiana State Police tonight would not comment on the content of these videos, except to say that the release of the video was not authorized. Yeah, tell us about it. They said the release of these videos, quote, undermines the investigative process. Yes, how is that investigative process going? Well, the officer who dragged Ronald Green on his face by his leg shackles, he was suspended from duty for um, 50 hours for that offense. 50 hours. Another of the troopers is now on unpaid leave, but not for Ronald Green's death. He and several other troopers from the same unit were arrested um, a few months ago for beating up other black men in their custody. They were also discovered to be bragging to each other over text messages about the violence they have inflicted on black men they have arrested. But there's also the federal investigation into Ronald Green's death. There's also his family's lawsuit against the state police. Abolition. Abolition. Well, there you have it. You heard it. She told the story. Knows all this glory detail, right? Um, mm. It's a cover-up uh, that encompasses much of the state, and it shows systemic uh, racist brutality, murder, framing, in the prison capital of the world where they just voted to keep slavery legal. And this is what happened. This is who we're working with now. Slave catchers, right? Slavers who would do this and then lie about it, talk about, oh, he crashed and we saved him. <laughs> and then it turns out that you murdered the man, beat him to death, brutalized him, hit him with these damn tasers uh, that you got, and then Talk about it was natural causes from a heart attack. <laughs> oh, man. 
you know, we ain't even gonna go with too deep on this. You all know the story now. It's this. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, what can we say, really? I mean, we everything say what was our right there. Is. What's our model here? You can never again say. You can never again right. Exactly. You now you know. Uh, with that being said, I want to play a clip uh, to just follow it up. Just go ahead and let that sit in your head and heart. Get you behind the Louisiana to uh, Baton Rouge on Tuesday uh, for the rally that's happening there, if it's at all possible. I want to get into this next clip, play this kind of through the next few minutes with uh, Yodit Tewolde from the Black News Channel. Love the fact that we have a Black News Channel. And that'll be followed by B. Bozeman featuring Young Life, Dear Officer. So let's go ahead and vibe with that for a minute, and then we're going to come back on the other side and uh, do our final segments. You're listening to Abolition Today with Yusuf Hassan and Max Parthas, abolitiontoday.org. We'll be right back. Abolition. 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 Today. Abolition. Ronald Green. Ronald Green. Dante Wright. Dante Wright. Dante Wright. Tamir Wright. Tamir Wright. Brianna Taylor. Brianna Taylor. George Floyd. George Floyd. Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Castillo. Castillo. Eric Garner. Eric Garner. Micaiah Bryant. Ahmad Arbery. Rayshard Brooks. Sean Montarosa. Andrew Brown Jr. Brown Jr. I could go on could and go on, on because when it comes to victims of police violence, the list just keeps growing. We say their names and we bear witness to horrific violence and police brutality and images and on video that we can't unsee. There is growing outrage tonight after an unarmed African-American teenager was shot and killed by police. In the they put their club upside your head and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police Something crazy happened today Breaks my heart because it's not the first time And I'm afraid to say it won't be the last time there's a blank space between us that's filled with lies away. They said a revolution will be televised And everything that we've seen has been prophesied, prophesied, oh Lord And it pains me to wipe the tears from my eyes And our kings won't be finalized, oh Blue blood runs so thick. Yeah, they blue blood runs so thick. Speak up, but you murder me too. I blood on your hands, nothing to you. Damn, that blue blood runs so thick. Why does that blue blood run so thick? Will you let a husband walk away? Will you let a brothers live today? Can I just go outside to play? We should cherish Even though the laws that come with it ain't the fairest Shit, I'm embarrassed Y'all shoot us unarmed in the streets And compare us to terrorists 
and the other mm-hmm. is called the Slave Catcher Chronicles. So let's start with the crimes against humanity. Uh, there's a report, an investigation that found out that uh, police had cited dozens of deaths in their custody, uh, listing the cause of death as sickle cell anemia. Now, if you don't know, this is something that you know black people get, sickle cell anemia, but it don't kill nobody, especially not in police custody, which means they've been murdering people now and blaming it on sickle cell anemia as if to rub it in our collective faces. Crimes against humanity. You can find that video on our page at Facebook slash Abolition Today. The other thing is uh, there's a retired New York police cop that was shamelessly bragging about uh, brutalizing and threatening uh, black people. He said, bro, point my gun out the window now at niggas and watch their reaction and drive away. Hilarious, Smith wrote, according to a government memo uh, opposing his bail. His retirement only further fuels his behavior. The memo continued, Smith unabashedly racist and hate-filled language in his communication included regular references to black people as niggas and numerous references to the Ku Klux Klan, including one just after retirement in which he wrote, now the real Smith will shine. I even shaved my head. Klan. Now this is a retired cop. So his entire career and everybody he's ever touched is in question right now. And it's people who right. are either dead or in prison because of him that require freedom and or justice or both. Um, and then the last one is uh, police now or the government now is using these department, uh, Department of Justice is using civil rights era laws to charge protesters with felonies. <laughs> Imagine that, something built to protect us is being used against us. In 1968, Congress passed the Civil Obedience Act during the height of the Civil Rights Movement. Among its aspects, the statute makes it a crime to interfere with police or firefighters doing their official duties during a protest or civil disorder that adversely affects commerce or the conduct of performance of any federal protected function. Charge carries up to five years in prison. Uh, there's overtly racist sentiments of the drafters of this statute, said Lisa Hay, the federal public, federal public defender for the District of Oregon. The statute was written during a time when senators were concerned with the civil rights movement and they wanted to stop the civil rights movement by arresting its leaders. And here we are again with them doing the same damn thing. You want to get in on some of the Slave Catcher Chronicles, brothers, because they, they was killing it these past two weeks, and I mean that literally. You know, Max, thinking of this, I think of your saying when you say uh, about history. History is a synonym. The same crap smells yeah. differently. Exactly. We're seeing it all over again. Or actually not all over again. It never stopped. Thing. All of this is just consistent. Consistent. And like I said, to, like we heard two callers say, oh. yeah, we heard two callers say tonight that it's it's boiling over. It's boiling over. You know, but it is. yeah, as we mentioned, we are you know running uh, running up against time tonight because we have a great closing the gap segment that's thirteen minutes long. So right. Uh, you want me to try? Yeah, to you kick it off for us, brother. 
Yeah, sure. Right. Go ahead and uh, kick, it, kick it off for us. You got a Mississippi man who has been sentenced to life in prison because of two tablespoons of marijuana. It's one of those three strike laws that they use on us. Another one of those crimes against humanity. Imagine that. The rest of your life in prison for what is the equal of two tablespoons of marijuana. Meantime, from the Atlantic Black Star, they got this story about how this cop routinely planted drugs, stole evidence, uh, arrested other cops who threatened them. Um, and it's a, a huge story. Uh, then they talk about the Andrew Johns, uh, Andrew Brown Jr., and how he was murdered. And the family's talking about how it was like a hit squad that came in there. And it was. Anybody seen the video, seen that's what it was. A damn hit squad. Jumped out of a car like there was Nazi soldiers in Germany looking for Jews. And the brother tried to drive away and poof, right in the back of his freaking head for daring to run from these monsters. Then they had another sheriff, this white sheriff, that's, uh, the title says White Sheriff Freaks Over Black Newspaper Carrier. I listened to this story, and apparently what he did was saw this black newspaper carrier and then built this entire lie about, about how this man threatened it to kill him. And he was the sheriff, right? So he's calling his people, telling them that this black man is going to kill him, and all he's doing is delivering papers in the freaking morning. And it was all on video, the whole lie. And the man still has a damn job. Um then you got another New Jersey police officer who was accused of operating a meth lab out of his house. Uh, you got South Carolina deputies who just got fired at the video shows them using racist language and talking about niggas this and niggas that. And then you got a, mm. uh, another uh, probation officer out in Louisiana got caught on film playing drugs on one of the people that was on probation. Uh, apparently, the man wasn't paying money that he wanted him to pay, and so he went to his house and planted drugs on his property. And it was all on video. He got busted. So those are the Slave Catcher Chronicles for this week. They'll all be available on Facebook. You might as well go ahead and get into our thank you for our sponsors, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What a show, man. Uh yeah, so we would definitely like to thank our sponsors and our partners, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, I Am We, Ubuntu Prison Adv- Adv- uh, sorry, Ad- Advocacy Network, tongue got tied there, Say My Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, Paul Coffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and the Black Talk Radio Network. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash abolition today. Uh, Subscribe to that page for all the news, information, and music you hear on this program. And remember, Abolition Today is available on all major podcast platforms and is simulcast on the Black Talk Radio Network. Also remember to join the movement at abolishslavery.us to become part of the solution. Awesome. Uh, so just a reminder, we'll be back next week, inshallah, God willing, with another master class on slavery abolition. All right. Let me introduce this finale here, since uh, Trotter yes, and I are recipient, recipients of the In the Spirit of Malcolm X uh, Awards this year. We are going to finish off our Bridging the Gap with Brother Malcolm X and his statements on police brutality, remixed by Morsel Tima. Uh, and then that's going to be followed up with one more from Brother K.O. Y'all got to check him out, all right? K.O. And that is Malcolm X. Uh, uh, that is Scared of Us by K.O. featuring T.I., Joyner Lucas, P.B.D. Gray, and Jay Morris. 
thank you to our callers and listeners. Uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, you know, we are going to keep the fight going. Like Brother Yusuf just said, we'll be back next week. Until then, think about Abolition Today. Peace. Abolition. Abolition. We want an immediate end to the police brutality and mob attacks against the so-called Negroes throughout the United States. Yes, a complete end to the police brutality and mob attacks that our people are confronted by every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year across the land. Brother, show me those, got those pictures. Brother, grab that picture of Brother Ronald. Let me show you what I mean by police brutality and mob attacks. Come over here with that. Here is a man, a Korean vet. This is a black man, a Korean vet. Went to war in Korea fighting for America. Risked his life fighting for America. And came back to this country and was shot down by the white man like a dog. Not from Ku Klux Klansman, down in Mississippi. This black man was shot through the heart by policemen in Los Angeles, California. And they are dumb enough to think we have forgotten. We are Muslim, never forget. You don't kill our brother. We don't never forget. You don't shoot one of us and then grin in our face. You don't shoot one of us and then shake our hands and think we forget it. No, we never forget. We'll never forget. Someone has to pay. Somewhere, somehow, someone has to pay. When a snake Fight your children. You don't go and look for the snake that has blood on his jaws. Any old snake will do. Any old snake will do. They stab him through the heart. And as he lay dying on the sidewalk, they beat that hole in his head with police clubs. Not in Mississippi, but in Los Angeles, California. Not in the south, right there in the north, in the west. There it goes. There it goes. Men, black men, laid all over the sidewalk, shut down by police bullets. Not men who were guilty of some crime, not men who were drunk, not men who attacked anyone, but they shot their way into our mosque, shot their way into our religious sanctuary, and got the audacity to walk around here talking about this as a country based upon uh, the principles of freedom of religion and freedom of worship and freedom of speech. This country is based upon nothing but hypocrisy. And it's based upon nothing but the right of white people to mutilate and shoot down black people. This is the brutality that we're talking about. This is the crime that we're talking about. And you say we teach hate. What kind of hate are we teaching? We're telling you what happens to black people. And this man didn't get shot down because he was a Muslim. They didn't ask him what his religion was. They saw that he was black and they began to fire point blank. And then when they went to court, they were the criminals. They didn't go to court. They charged him. He's a dead man. And they charged him with a crime. So these Negroes here shot down were charged with a crime. And you haven't heard anybody open their mouth about it. You wonder why you're having trouble in this country. You're having trouble because the devil is on the rampage. A blue-eyed devil is on the rampage. A heartless devil is on the rampage. A beast is on the rampage. And you haven't got sense enough to know how to handle it. So, so we don't try and handle God is going to handle We ask God to give him justice. We ask God, God to trap him. We ask God to catch him. We ask God to deal with him. And we pray that God deals with more of them day after day. And what ones God don't get, we'll get them. 
for eight weeks. Eight weeks in Los Angeles. Fifteen so-called, fourteen so-called Negroes set on trial. Charged by the police with police, with uh, assault. Charged by the police with intent to commit murder. You haven't read anything about it in the papers. You haven't seen anything about it and heard anything about it from these blue-eyed white so-called liberals. They quieted it down. They hushed it up. And none of the Negro leaders opened up their mouths during the trial. They were silent. Why, they had a rally of 35,000 Negroes in uh, one of those state Wrigley Fields in Los Angeles. Well, the all-white jury was in session. And not one of them came forth and mentioned what had happened to those 14 Negroes in that, in that city. And they wonder why things are developing to what they are today. No, you don't get justice in court. A black man can't get justice in court. A black man can't get justice in the court system of America. And I'm telling you, the only way you get justice is in the street. The only way you get justice is in the sidewalk. The only way you get justice is when you make justice for yourself. You never will get justice in the white man's court. No, not me. I never want him to take me to court. I saw what he did with my brother. I see what he has done with him right here in New York City. So make sure you obey the law. Make sure you never commit a crime. Make sure you never de deviate from the law. But any time one of them puts his hands on you, take him off the planet. Take him off the planet. Fire. 
admittedly gave cocaine to the same people that you locked up, gave a license, did the whole thing. That what the plan was the whole time. Lie, keep a nigga with a closed eye. Celebrating your holiday, pray to your God, cause you so mine. Kill a nigga when they whistling at your women when you come and rape mine. Tan down I hero, you do the same thing, but you keep yo. Quit to hit a nigga with the Rico, see the bullshit through the peephole. Bust it up to the death, shout it out, we got his IG code. Stand up and get rolled over, hit the front line, let him go, soldier. How your partner, this a shooter, huh? How your nigga wanna kill, son? Shoot a GT, shoot a 6 9 but do a damn thing to George Zimmerman. Okay, and all these black women come up missing. Where the fuck is all the real niggas? How you niggas shooting in the club? Get your hard ass in the field, nigga. Okay, I be damned if I won't bust my wrist, my life, take my time. No, you niggas ain't revolution ready, I ain't even finna waste my time. Condition our minds to believe that we left the human with a book to recite to the youth. Manipulation got us tight in the noose. Every 
day we see it right in the news. Last for me that you're blasting me. If I smash your sneaks and be a casualty, but won't blast the heat. When the crack and beat your black ass asleep, you wanna ask for peace and then crash the streets. Strapped with the gasoline, burn the shit down to an ash lead. Protest backwards, they be asking me. But when the party's over and your ass a lead, cops still kill a nigga before the night's done. Care less if they shot the right one. We did record and let the lights run. All the images we seen, they got it in sight, son. White sucking on the ground with all the nice guns. Pull up with the stick, you got the light one. All these oppressors got the strike one. What we gon' do? Fight or run our mouths, nigga. No justice, no peace on these streets. Can you hear the babies crying? You're welcome. Abolition. 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 Abolition.